Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 50. In this episode, we talk with Kristen Hutchison. Kristen is a comedic storyteller. She has a lot of heart, a lot of humor, and of course some sass, but she just has a way of keeping it real. That's what I really appreciated about Kristen is that she's a straight shooter, but also she had really amazing advice. This is one of those episodes that you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Kristen Hutchison. Kristen, thanks for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here also. First off, before we go any further, I have got to ask you, do you consider yourself ordinary or badass? Definitely not ordinary, so I'd have <laughs> to say badass. I'm not, I don't think anybody would describe me as ordinary. Have you always felt that way? Uh, yeah, I've always been kind of a strong-willed kid, and my mom really encouraged it. My parents divorced when I was young, and I think my mom just really understood me, and she was one that always inspired individuality. So I kind of think it just like she just didn't like, she didn't stifle it. She just let it kind of grow. So have, any sense. do you have kids? Yes, my one boy, he's 17. And have you passed that down to him? Yes, I, he's definitely a free thinker. Um, he has um, learning issues, so we kind of had to blaze our own trail. So for his whole entire life, it's always been like, okay, whatever works for him, um, maybe keep taking a different way to do things. And he cracks me up because now that he's 17, he's really coming into his own. And I'm like, oh my God, you are so my son. And he's like <laughs> such a free thinker. And he's just, he like wears a fedora like he's just an individual and I just absolutely adore him he's a great kid <laughs> nice can you give us an example of something badass that you've done oh god let's see um well I was always very strong-willed from a young age so I never was afraid to try things so I was always someone that would just try and figure it out as I went along um I'd say probably one of the most daring things I did at 22 is I just moved up uh, packed all my stuff in a bag and moved from Boston to New York because I thought I wanted to be an actress and I kind of didn't really know how I was going to figure it out. But I was like, I'm just going gonna, gonna to go now because if I don't go now, I'm never going to do it. So that was probably one thing. Um, another way I'd say I'm probably a badass is I've always used my, my voice to kind of speak up for whatever I want. So I'm never afraid to like speak up to whether it's a boss or like, you know, somebody who's bigger than me. So uh, that's probably another way that I would say that I, I kind of do it. I love that. Can you take us back to when you were moving from Boston to New York? And kind of mm -hmm. what your thought process was and then what made you launch and do it? Okay, so I was working in sales and I absolutely hated it. And this is kind of interesting because I was actually harassed by women on my job. I was oh, wow. 22. I was really confident. Um, they were all older. So they kind of like were always trying to like, you know, intimidate me every time I'd leave my, my cubicle or whatever. And when I kind of spoke up about it, we had to have a team meeting and then um, we had a big training and then I got demoted. 
And I was like, well, that's bullshit. Like I get, to, um, I don't know if I can swear. <laughs> yeah, I, go I, for I it. Not, <laughs> okay. So I was like, well, that's, that kind of sucks that I got demoted and I already worked um, at night as a waitress on top of it. So I was like, well, I'm going to take this job and do less money. So I was right. like, no, and that was my sign. I was like, this is my time to make my move to New York. I had a commission check coming. I didn't, I didn't report the incident until after my commission check cleared. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just putting all my stuff in a bag and I'm going to go. I'm just going to take this as a sign that I'm supposed to try it. And I just kind of, my cousin lived there and I came and slept on his couch and I just kind of figured it out. And it was probably one of the best things I've ever did because I really learned so much more about myself, you know, because you didn't have anybody to fall back on. You didn't have a safety net of your friends, your family. I had to learn a whole new city. You know, I had to kind of figure it out every day. I would just get the map and I would walk like miles in one direction. And it was just a really great time for me to grow as a woman and as a young person. Do you think that that taught you to rely on yourself more? Yeah, I definitely, because, you know, um, it made me appreciate um, having somebody good in my life. Because, you know, when you're a young girl, you're always like, ah, oh, he's so nice. Oh, I don't want to deal with, you know, like <laughs> a lot of girls, like the bad guys for some reason. Yeah. And um, I was out there by myself doing everything by myself. You know, I want to go to a movie. I go to the movies by myself. I want to get something to eat. I went by myself because everybody in New York at that time was really out there grinding for something, you know, and was a, an actor, a singer, a dancer, like everybody had a, a side hustle. Everyone was out there pursuing their dreams. So you couldn't really get together with people that much. It was really hard to get together. And um, so I had to kind of really do things by myself and it really made me kind of realize like, God, a nice person's not so bad. <laughs> like I'm kind of tired of doing everything by myself. So it was a really great, great learning lesson for myself and a really great growth, if I should say. Okay, no, I loved hearing that story. Um, I think sometimes we have to do something that's hard or do something where we have mm -hmm. to rely on ourselves, whether it's traveling by yourself or just mm -hmm. doing something out on your own. So then you come to really rely on your own intuition. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. God intuition is like one of those things that I've always had though. I, yes. I always like that. Like it screams in my head. I can't ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that your mom was like that or where do you think you learned that? I think I did learn it from my mom because what she would do is she would kind of give us the synopsis of how we have to make choices in life. But then she was always like, but you have to live with your choices. So she would let you make the mistake, but then you, there'd be a consequence for the action or you would kind of be like, Hmm, do I want to make this choice? Am I going to like, you know, so I kind of always had a way of thinking things through almost like, all right, I'm going to make this choice, but then I have to deal with the consequence from that. So right. yeah, I can go and sneak the alcohol, but if I come home drunk, I'm going to have to pay for it when I get home and explain <laughs> to her why I was drunk. You know what I mean? So yeah. you kind of learn consequence for actions. I think that's where it came from. So Kristen, we've already heard a little bit about you and your badassery, but can you tell us, let the audience know a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure. So um, I would say technically I'm a mom and a wife and a bartender. That's what I do on my day to day. Um, I started doing comedy a couple of years ago because I felt like I, I have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of lessons to teach. And I wasn't really sure how I could kind of get my, my stories and my knowledge out there. And then um, I've always wanted to write a book. And I originally thought when I got um, laid off during Corona uh, to take the 30 days off, which turned into like uh, 90 days. <laughs> yeah. um, I, th I thought I was going to take that time to write a book that I always want to do. And then um, I got on um, Tea with Gary B in April. And then he convinced me to go on live and start doing a talk show. And I kind of did that for the past three months. And I just met amazing people and shared stories and really got to inspire other people. And it was just great to watch other people vibe off of what I was saying and learn from other people. And that's the journey I've been on right now. And I'm just kind of kind of keep going with it. Yeah, know? I love that. Can you talk a little bit about who Gary V is and what that experience was like? Yeah, so uh, Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk, however you know him. 
Um, he's definitely a big social media entrepreneur. Uh, he's, he wears a lot of hats. Um, I discovered him because I was always very similar to him when I was young. I had that fire in me and I was like, no one could tell me anything. I was like, I would run through a brick wall. And then um, through motherhood, <laughs> through motherhood and like um, helping my son through the school system and stuff like that, I kind of lost a little bit of my fight. I got a little bit tired and you know, like you just, you have so much to give to so many people from so many different things. Like, yeah. you know, mom's a full-time job, you know, wife's a full-time job. I bartend at night. So I just wore, I just had so much. And then one day I stumbled upon his content and I was like, who is this guy? Cause he thinks like <laughs> me. And he kind of like lit that fire back underneath me. And then I decided kind of consuming his content. Like, all right, how do I do this? How do I build something new? How do I do the next thing that I want to do? How do I not just become a bartender? How do I move into my next my act two of my life. And, um, and that's where I kind of found him. How long ago was that? And how long was it until you were appeared okay, on so, Team with Gary Vee? Oh. I, I found his content three years ago. So I, I, I started following some of the stuff he said, and then um, he was in Boston and I just showed up to introduce myself to him. And then for the past three years, I've been trying to get a follow-up, like sit down with him. And then, um, so I always tell everybody it was patience and persistence because it took me three years to get that opportunity and then um i had the conversation with him in april so i've been kind of now trying to build this next phase like build upon what i already got started from that so what would you tell the mom that's out there that kind of feels like she lost herself um she might have other passions but through being a mom and helping everybody else and she lost herself i would say you're, it's never too late you know and that's one of the things like I'll be 49. Um, I'm 49 right now. I'll be 50 in a couple, like March. So I really feel like this is like my year that I'm really trying to get a lot of things done. And I always say like, I don't understand why people think that they can't do things because of their age, because it shouldn't be why, why you hold yourself back. There's no age limit on dreams. So that's what I always say to people. And like I said, I started doing comedy at 46. And my husband was like, what do you mean you're going to go do comedy? And I was like, I don't know. I, I think I could tell jokes and be funny. And I think people could used to be lighting up and laughing. I think everyone's so serious. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to do that. So I would say that mom who thinks that like she forgot that it's too late. It's never too late. If there's something that you love to do, if you like to play the guitar, pick the guitar back up. If you always want to write a book, just start writing at night. Like just find, uh, you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour. Anything that kind of, you know, fills your soul and brings a little happiness to you and to, you know, bring it back into your life. It's so, it's so necessary. Yes, I agree. And even if it's like you said, just a small amount of time every day, 15 minutes. Um, yep. I think that that can be life changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your wins. Will you share okay. with us something that you're most proud of accomplishing? I think what I'm most proud of accomplishing besides like, you know, being successful with my family life and juggling everything that I juggle, I think that I don't quit. I always, I always try things no matter what it is. I mean, I've done a lot of crazy stuff. Um, I mean, I've been on game shows. I, I've, I've tried comedy, uh, you know, anything I've ever wanted to do, I do. And I'd rather always say that at least I tried and it didn't go well than to not try at all. So I'd say my win is that fact that I'm not afraid to go out, go after my things I want to do. Like people will look at me like, that's crazy. And I'm like, what is it? And I'm always like, I don't know. I think I'm just, and people are like, how did you do the things you do? I'm like, I don't know. I just try, you know? And I think that's what so many people are afraid. They're afraid to try or they're afraid to fail. And that's yes. why they don't let themselves put themselves out there. Yeah. You know? So you're courageous. It sounds like, and you just put yourself out there and do a lot of fun things or adventurous things. Mm -hmm. What is something that people don't know about what it's taken for you to become that way and to be so courageous? 
Oh, I think a lot of people think when they look at me, I seem really positive and smiling. They think that my life is easy. And I always laugh about that because that's one of the things when I start talking about some of the losses I've had in my life, people are like, oh God. And I always say that's why you should never judge a book by its cover because you don't know what someone's been through. And for me, um, you know, I've had a lot of hard, hard things happen. I've had a lot of hard lessons, financial, uh, fire, stuff. And I just always learned that I can't dwell on that. I have to dwell on what I'm gonna, how I'm going to rebuild it. So I think that's one of the things that people don't realize. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons I felt the need to really help people during Corona. So I really felt like it was the first time that a lot of people have been bottomed out or, or held back and didn't know which, which way to go. And I was like, hey, I'm here. Uh, my house burnt down. This is nothing. I got your back. Like, so I kind of used my, my time to come on every night to try to like lift people's spirits and give them something to focus on, to try to keep them preoccupied because our brain can really, what we focus on is what we'll get. And yeah. I think it's so easy to fall in the traps of negativity or fall into like these, these habits. So I try to push people out the opposite way. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of the things that you've done, like through bartending and comedy um, and just the different things that you've done throughout your life have kind of prepared you for where you're going or headed now? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the reasons I gravitated to bartending is I love people. I mean, that's just, people are my passion. I don't know what it is. I find people fascinating. I love the variety of different personalities and stories. I think everybody has something interesting to teach. And so bartending is great because it's active. It's almost like entertaining in a way because you're putting on a show every night. Um, I get to meet interesting people every day. And, and I think just the story, sharing stories with, every, with people every night really prepares you for um, speaking. It prepares you for, for um, comedy uh, because you have to kind of be quick and, and jump from conversation to conversation be able to maintain people's um, attention span. So I think definitely it has really helped me prepare me for like what my, my next goal is. Speaking of the comedy, was that first time on stage like terrifying? <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, it, it's, it's funny because I have entertained in the past. So like, I like being on stage, but telling jokes I say is probably like the most nerve wracking thing you can do because you're like in me, I'm more of a comedic storyteller. So I don't just do like set up punchline like most comedians do. I kind of get up there and tell real life stories or anecdotes of things I've seen. So it's almost like kind of sit up and like, hey, and if they don't like you, then they don't like what, what you're talking about. So it's, it's very nerve wracking for sure. But it's almost exhilarating. Like it almost like makes you feel alive at the same time. You right. know, like that, that, that butterfly feeling you get in your stomach. So it's, it's kind of almost like addictive, but it's almost like the scariest, but the most fun thing you can do at the same time. Right. Yeah. I imagine you have to get used to, especially at the very beginning, get used to like the awkward silences when you're expecting a laugh and people don't, or sometimes they laugh when you don't expect them to. <laughs> yeah. Or the thing is I speak really quickly. If you haven't figured that out, <laughs> that's probably the hardest thing because people are like, what the hell just happened? I get up there for five minutes and I put like 15 minutes of material in the five minutes to be like, their heads would be exploding. Like, wait, what did she just do? And right. so that was one of the things I had to learn was to kind of, uh, stop a little bit and take a, a breath take a breath because I'm right. not good at that yeah so yeah that was that was a hard thing I am with you on that it's like for public speaking I'm bad at just stopping and taking a breath <laughs> mm -hmm. speaking of stopping and taking a breath I had to hit pause on my interview with Kristen really quick our audio we are having issues I swear it's a coronavirus thing everybody's on zoom now that there's coronavirus and for some reason when you talk on video, 
it lowers the quality. So we hit pause, turned off our video, and then now we're back. Okay, so we talked about your wins. Let's yep. talk a little bit about some of the struggles that you've had. So, Oof. Okay, <laughs> so um, I would say the first one was my parents' divorce. And I always think it sounds so funny for me to say that because I'm 49. And so like, whose parents aren't divorced nowadays, but it wasn't as common when it happened for us. And we went from a really big house in a beautiful neighborhood to a small two bedroom apartment. It was kind of like a really interesting experience because I really learned probably two of the most important lessons. I learned that people judge you. And then I learned that um, it doesn't matter what you have. So even though it was kind of the worst thing that ever happened, it was probably the best thing that ever happened for me at the same time. Cause it's probably really one of the things that shaped me as a person that I've taken throughout my whole entire life. I think when you realize that people are going to judge you at such a young age, you realize what's the point of even trying because they're already going to have, they're already going to try to put you in these boxes. So that was probably one of my first things. Um, second thing was um, when my husband and I got married, uh, we rented an apartment and he got hurt on the job. And then two months later, it was a surprise blizzard in Boston and our house burnt to the ground and we kind of lost everything we owned. Oh, wow. And uh, that was a, that was probably a really tough experience because, you know, we sat there and we were just looking at each other watching like the house just burn and they couldn't get the, they couldn't get it to go out. And we had to really think about like what's really important. And at first we were really angry and then we had to kind of just say, Hey, you know what? It's just stuff. And that was probably the other best lesson I ever learned because it really made us have to focus on what was important in our marriage. And when you get bottomed out and have to kind of like start over, you can either like, it can either destroy you or you guys can kind of become a team and work through it. So that was probably the two biggest things that I've learned. So how did you recover from that? I mean, that sounds like a lot to come back from. You know, I, I always say I'm a little bit of a, I don't know, I'm a crazy person a little bit. Like I took one day off because I had to buy clothes because I didn't really have any, like I didn't even have shoes, uh-huh. you know? And then I went back to work the day after that. And I was like, Kristen, how are you back to work? And all I could think of was like, well, I have to rebuild. Like, what am I supposed to do? Sit home and like cry about it? I mean, it is what it is. It, I, I can't do anything that's going to make it come back. So I have to kind of take it and learn from it and just kind of move forward and, 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 and rebuild from there. So that's kind of what I did. I think that's just how I am. I try to look at a situation as good or bad as it is. And I try to take it as a lesson. And I think you have to kind of say, okay, what am I supposed to be learning from this? You have to get over the anger or the frustration. And then you have to kind of say, okay, well, what can I get out of this? Or how can this help me grow? And that's what I try to do. I try to look at things from a gratitude point of view, which is kind of not easy to do. But once you train your brain to start doing it, it really makes getting through life a lot easier, in my opinion. Do you have like a gratitude practice that you do or you just try to be grateful whenever you think of it? I have a couple different things. I, I try to be grateful. I always try to, I call it like um, when I'm bartending, I always tell my other coworkers we try to do shoe on the other foot because it's easy for people to push your buttons when you're bartending. And I think that's <laughs> another thing. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, working with the public is not easy. You know, you would think like, you would think they'd be so happy to be back out after being in the house for three months, but I can't even believe some of the things that people say to me already. I'm like, really? You already lost your, your manners this quickly. I thought you'd be nice for at least three more months, but that's not going to happen. So um, I just think that one of the things I try to do is I try to think of like, I don't know who that person is and I haven't walked in their shoes. That's one thing I try to use. And I think people, if they could put the shoe on the other foot, they'd probably be a little bit more um, conscientious to think of other people. Um, 
another thing I always used to say is I wake up every day and I already know that I'm blessed because I have two hands, two feet, and two eyes, and I'm ahead of the game compared to some people. And I really think that's something that people have to be more conscious of. I think we spend way too much time in society, you know, thinking about what we don't have or what we want instead of what we do have. And I think if you can make that simple, simple mind shift, I think it really helps you have a much better day, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I think just having some sort of gratitude practice or just noticing mm-hmm. little things um, are, help you to be grateful for the big things. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like, so I went through a divorce, not as big a deal as, you know, your house burning down, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't the, have a lot of my, big. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't have a lot of my belongings. And so I mm-hmm. lived pretty minimalist until like the divorce was final. But then I was like, Ooh, like it made me grateful for just like the little things that I did have as opposed to all the big stuff. I don't know if that happened to you at all when your house. No, down. I totally, 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 totally. And I, I always say that that's kind of a superpower. If you can live minimally, I really think you're so ahead of the game. I actually, it was actually like, um, I was on another friend's I, um, Instagram live the other night and I said something like, you know, I always said, if, you know, people that came from nothing, right. And then you get something and then if everything bottoms up and you lose everything, it seems like they can do better than the people that always had something and lose something mm-hmm. because it's almost like you, you think the stuff is everything. Like that's your social stature. That's having the things. So I said to my friend the other night, I said, you know, when you have stuff and then you lose stuff, you realize you don't need stuff. And I just think that most people don't realize that. And that is interesting. Cause I think that's why I don't really care about things because uh-huh. after the fire, I just lost so many things that I, I, you lost your favorite jeans. You lost your favorite dress. You lost, you like, those, yeah. sometimes you have all these clothes you've had forever. And um, so I think that like, I always try to tell my mom, like, I don't care. She's like, oh, when I die, you're going to want this, this piece <laughs> of furniture or this jewelry. I'm like, I don't because everything that you matter to me is in my brain. It's the messages, it's the stories, it's the memories, you know, and right. she doesn't believe me, but that's what I really believe. So I think that's really interesting. You say that because I do believe, um, tapping into the, the minimalist or the simplicity is really a big key for a lot of people that can tap into that. Yes, absolutely. And I loved hearing your mom's story because my mom says the same thing and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> you know, you're just... always like, they put names on the bottom of all this. I'm like, I don't want you girls fighting when I'm gone. I'm like, we're not going to fight. Just, <laughs> nobody wants it. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> so I know that you said that, that you're married and you're a mom. Um, yeah. Have you ever struggled with mom guilt? And if so, how have you dealt with it? Oh God, of course. Um, I think one of the things um, is kind of weird for me because I've always bartended at night. And so that was great. So I'd always be with him during the day. Um, but I will say there was a lot of times that like I would pick up extra, extra shifts. A lot of people like call out sick or nobody ever wants to work for some reason. And I'm like, my husband and I both workaholics. Like we, we just, we're just hustlers. And um there's so many times that I really feel bad because I feel like there's, even though I was home with him during the day, you know, I missed so many nights of putting him to bed or little things. And uh, I'll tell you, that was one of the things that was kind of cool about this past quarantine. Um, I think it's the most time I've spent with my husband and son consecutively in 20 years of being married and in you know, 21 years of marriage and 17 years of being a mom. And it was kind of really a nice little break. I got to be honest, like we really... <laughs> connected and we had dinner together and we had like so it was kind of a nice little experience even though it was like an awful experience like what was going on in the world right it was kind of a nice time to kind of to decompress and kind of reconnect that's kind of off the wall question is yeah. are, is everything back open then in boston where you're at well not, not always i mean we're on phase three 
So I'm a bartender and what we are is we're basically patio runners right now. They're not opening like the, like we can have people inside our bar if they, if they feel comfortable to sit inside the restaurants or bar, but you only have a specific capacity. And then most of the restaurants are doing outside patios. So we have a huge patio outside right now. We've never had an outdoor area, but we do right now. So they closed the street I bartend on. They closed the whole street down to traffic and everybody got to put their restaurants outside. So it's oh, kind of cool. a cool experience. Yeah, like you're like hang, like waving to your friends or, you know, <laughs> some of your favorite regulars walk by to go someplace like, hey, what's up, Bob? You know, so it's been cool, but it's a, boy, it's a lot of work. It's a lot more running. So I was like, yeah. first couple of weeks back, I was like, damn, I should have been exercising during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was tired, but, but I'm adjusting. But so, no, we're not completely open, but we, we have a lot more open than I think from other states from what I can hear. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, things are still pretty closed down here. Um, it's level two, but then yeah. like I'm going on vacation just about an hour and a half away and it's level one there still, and it's still in the same state. Wow. So, yeah. Some, some are still at level one, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. I get distracted. So <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too. I, I'm, I'm a looking bad squirrel, so don't worry about it. <laughs> so let's same pivot thing. and talk a little bit yeah. about your mindset. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery. Um, I think I'm a lot of, I'm always like an eternal optimist, you know, um, I don't know why, but I just don't, I don't think no exists. And I think it's kind of makes, I know probably people think I'm crazy because if I really have something in my head, I'm convinced that it should happen. Um, I just will not stop. I almost get so, super hyper-focused. I probably drive everybody around me insane like for instance like when I met Gary Vee three years ago I was like oh I'm definitely having a conversation with him like, we're definitely gonna have a conversation and my father my husband used to be like he's gonna get a restraining order on you because I'd be like making comments on like posts and like stuff like this and I was like hey you're not gonna laugh at me when I'm sitting in his office one day having a conversation with him I didn't really get in his office but I still got on to you with Gary Vee so to me right. I was like see I told you it was gonna happen and I think that started when I was a little girl I can remember one time um this is like back in the 70s. So this is before like the um, Law of Attraction or any of those like those books. Mm-hmm. And they were raffling off this big stuffed animal in my school. And I was like, mom, I need 50 cents for this raffle. And every time I went to the library, I would sit next to like the big life-size frog and be like, oh, Mr. Frog, I'm going to win you and take you home. And my <laughs> mother was like, oh God, Kristen, everybody got a raffle. I don't want you to be upset when you lose. I'm like, don't worry, I'm going to win. And I went to the school that day and they like, called the raffle number I won. And I came home and mom was like, kind of a gun of course you won you know because I just like believed that if I wanted something I could make anything happen so I really felt like when that happened I literally thought that I had superpowers and I think that that's kind of how I lived my whole life thinking like why can't I why can't I make things happen that I want to make happen so I think that's part of my badassery of my mindset I would think yes I think that we accept no far too quickly or many of us do um, mm-hmm. somebody says no or somebody doesn't respond to an email or respond to a phone message and you just assume mm-hmm. oh, it's a no rather than yep. following up and pursuing it because sometimes people just get busy oh 100 and i'll tell you like i think that i think sometimes people that are busy um you know you don't want to come off as a stalker but i mean one of the reasons i get so many opportunities is because I'm very direct and I come right up and I ask for things. Um, when I got my, for instance, comedy, um, there was, there's a big group of guys that have been around for a very long time that are kind of like the godfathers of comedy in Boston. And it's really hard to break into certain clubs here because there's just so many comedians here. And I went to um, an, a, a discussion one night and one of them was there and I emailed them when I got out and I said, Hey, 
Uh, really, it was really nice talking to you. I'd love the opportunity to do a set um, at one of your shows tonight. I really feel like my material will go really well with your clientele. Um, I'm an older, I'm a girl, I'm a married, um, I have older, I'm older, so I think I'd, it'd go really well. And he came and watched me one night, and then one night I went to go watch him just to be supportive, and he was performing with like one of the biggest comedians in Boston. He goes, go up for five minutes, just on the spot. Now, if I didn't put myself out there and, and ask him to be on, on a show and jump up when he gave me the five minutes, a lot of things wouldn't have happened for me last year. Right. But I did it, and I had a good set, and then like they started putting me on shows. So I just think that so many people will be like, oh, I don't want to bother them, or oh, I don't know, why, why should I? And I'm always like, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I'm going to at least yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna at least try. You know, so I mean, I think that's what people have to, that's why I always try to be people's cheerleader, because sometimes people don't have that little, that voice in the back of their head, so I'm like, I'll be it until you can figure it out for yourself. Right, right. And I feel like it's kind of part preparation and part chance. Like you worked your butt off yep. to get there and to get up there and by contacting him. But if mm -hmm. he said, go up there for five minutes, if you would have been like, oh, no, I'm not ready. You know, you'd already prepared yep. to be ready enough. So I think that that's right. cool. It's such a great point. And that's why I always say, like, I think that's a big quote that says something like, uh, opportunities when preparation and luck meet or something like that. And, and that's what I said after the next day, because so many people were like, oh, why did Kristen get on that? How's Kristen <laughs> get all these gigs? And I was like, hey, I can't help it. I've only been doing it for two years. But, you know, I asked. And I think that's the biggest thing about life. Like, I say this to a lot of, a lot of girls, too, sometimes. Like, I think a lot of women um, don't know always how to like speak up sometimes it's not their fault like we say oh you know you can do all you can do anything you want to do but they don't tell you how to kind of have the verbiage or how to how to present it mm -hmm. and so I think that's one of the things that I try to say to people like listen no one's gonna read your mind like a lot of girls in relationships they think their boyfriend or their husband's gonna read their mind and miraculously do these things and I'm like no you just tell them it's so much <laughs> easier that way and they're like really I'm like yeah you think they know you wanted to go to this restaurant like you know just it'd be making right. it be so much easier so that's what i try to say just say it you know yep. just be honest it's easy <laughs> it just cuts out so much stuff in the middle you know <laughs> absolutely so can you share with us one of your greatest mindset hacks for confidence and self-esteem oh yeah i would say first of all i say if it's not something that comes easy to you just keep saying it in your head until until like it becomes like your voice um I'll t give a little example. Like I, my two nieces, I used to babysit them all the time when they were little. And um, my, my older niece is super, super talented, pretty girl, um, very polite. And my sister signed her up for like soccer and she like never played soccer. And I had to take her to like this summer league and she goes, Oh my God, auntie, these girls have played since they were five years old. And I go, listen, every time you go on the field, just say in your head, girl, watch me kick this fucking ball, right? And so she started <laughs> laughing and she's like, okay, auntie. And I just said, just say it in your head until like you feel it because then at least you like, it'll make you be a little bit more feisty out there because you know, at, you know, sports is like really like, you know, you get to kind of have like that thing. And she was a ballerina. I'm like, oh my God. But <laughs> we, always, we always laugh about that. So, and another thing I used to do, um, I, for kids a lot of times, I script with them. You know, like, say you have a kid in school that's being a jerk and you don't really know what to say. Um, I would always say, well, what did they say? Then try this. So sometimes in your head when you prepare how you want to respond to, like, maybe that, that person at work that's kind of always gives you a little bit of an attitude and you don't really know how to respond, if you kind of visualize it. So I always say, like, just tell yourself every day, I'm a badass or I'm the best or, you know, I, I believe in myself because I should or these are all the things that someone would be so lucky to have me. And, um... I always try to say, write down some things that you really want or the things that you want to improve in yourself and think of how you can do it because it's not always easy for everybody. And I'll tell you, I think 
a lot of it comes from, you know, I think parents can do either a lot of good or a lot of damage unknowingly to their kids. You know, uh -huh. And they don't mean to do what they do, but they set their children or they tell them no a lot when they're little uh, or they want to protect them from things. And you really get to kind of, you know, let them kind of just, you know, get their knees scraped up a little bit. They'll be okay. Just put some, <laughs> some band-aids on it. And, right. uh, and I think that's what it comes down to. And I think if, if you had it kind of too easy when you were little or, you know, you got told no too many times, you'll be afraid to hear no because you think it's a bad thing. So some little, some little tricks. Yeah. And I think, I think it's so important, like you were saying, to just find something, even if it's something you're insecure about, then say the opposite in your head and say mm -hmm. that over and over every day um, mm -hmm. until you start to believe it. Cause eventually you'll start to believe it. Exactly. Post-it notes on your window, mirror, whatever you're going to do, write it down a million times. So you believe it, you know, you just got to do it because if, I always say no one's going to cheer for you, you know, so you have to cheer for yourself. Right. And it's not, it's not, it's okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a mantra that you say to yourself? Um, one of the things I always say, and I, uh, when I was doing my um, Instagram live for the past three months, I always end up my show every night with uh, we only have one life to live. So make sure you live in your life and nobody else's. And I just think it's such an important lesson for so many people to understand, because I think that's, one of the biggest problems for so many people we're living we're living our life based on other people's lives and that's not going to really get you where you want to get to so the sooner you can be like uh, i don't really like that or i don't really need that or that's not what i really want out of life then you'll switch your mindset to kind of like focus on the things that you want for your life yes and it's good for somebody else isn't necessarily good for you. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And I think people wait far too long or go their whole life just trying to fit into somebody else's idea of who they should be. Exactly. Such, so, so true. Such a big thing. So let's talk a little bit about like tips or advice that you have for women. If you, if you could share one tip that you wish every female knew about, what would it be? Hmm. <sighs> Um, that you can be anything you want to be. There's no limits. I mean, it's funny. It's a lot of the stuff I talk about when I'm doing my comedy. And, um, I think it's because I grew up in the seventies and, you know, that was during like the first feminist movement. And I kind of remember like my mom being a single mom and, you know, doing it all on her own. And, you know, she didn't always have it easy, but she always, she never complained. And she always looked amazing. You know, my mom was just like a, a woman of sass and class, you know? Uh -huh. And um, she would always make, she would make like the worst situation seem so magical. So I think just, she was such an inspiration for me as a woman because I can, I'll tell you one funny thing. <laughs> there was a, there was this old Diana Ross video. We were watching like MTV or something in the living room. Like the women started fighting over a man. And my mother walked up and shut that TV up. She goes, we do not fight over men in this house. And I was like, okay. You know, so my mom just had... <laughs> She had like these little like lessons that she would give you, you know what I mean? So right. she kind of she kind of inspired us to be strong women that spoke our mind, but we also could like, you know, we handled ourselves, but we we're also like, I don't know, a little bit of everything. And so she kind of gave us the best of everything. And I feel like watching that those times, I can remember when it was time for college, you know, a lot of people back then would expect you to go to school to be like a nurse or a teacher or go to Katie Gibbs and become a secretary for the president. And I was like, what do you mean? Get coffee for a man? So I gotta get coffee for a man. You know, so I think I just kind of grew up like understanding like, well, you know, we can be anything we want to be. So why, why not go for whatever you want to be? Like go for the gusto. So I feel like, um, 
I feel like women uh, just need to know that they're powerful, but it's also okay. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to push it down people's throats. Like you can kind of play both sides of it sometimes. If that yeah. makes any sense. Like me as a bartender, I know how to, I know how to play the game. Like there's certain guys that I handle one way and there's certain guys that I handle another way. Um, <laughs> when I'm in, when I used to be in business, I'd always be like, well, you know, I, I just have different ways of doing things like, Oh, well you already knew that. Right. Cause there's certain men that are old school and there's certain guys that are cool. Right. So I feel like, um, women have to kind of just learn how to, how to use their words. And I think when you, we speak up in a speak up in an assertive way, just if you believe in something, say, I believe in this, like, Hey, um, I want to do it this way. And I think you'll be surprised how much easier your life will be just standing by with what you believe and don't believe. Right. And say it in assertively. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of women are afraid of kind of like, you know, I mean, people will say to me sometimes like, Oh, you're sassy. I'm like, no, just direct. You know? <laughs> don't get I, it twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I am very direct as well. And I think it throws people off guard because they're just not used to people just saying what they think or just stay, mm-hmm. you know, coming right at them. A hundred percent. But I think, I think people like it yes. and I think they find, and I think that's something, I don't know. It's, it's funny that you're that way because I know it's a very big thing in the Northeast. I think, we always say here in like the Boston area, it's like, you always know where you stand with people from Boston, you know, like they're loyal to the core, right. but they don't sugarcoat anything. And I think this is very, just how I am. And, um, and I just feel like you have to know who you are. And if you know who you are and you know what you like and you don't like, say, uh, I don't really like that. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. You know, you'll be happier. And it's kind of funny because when people are afraid to say something, they will come to me and be like, oh, can you tell this person <laughs> like something mm-hmm. that's, that's obvious to everybody, you know, but this person doesn't realize it. They'll be like, can you say it? Cause they'll listen to you or they'll feel re- <laughs> it's like, cause I'll just say it how it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, you develop that line though. You know, I think that's what it comes down to. I think when you learn to use that voice inside you that a lot of people are afraid to use, once you do it, it's like a muscle. Yeah. Same thing with mindset. When you learn to speak your truth or use your voice, um, it gets stronger and stronger, you know, and then, then people like you'll, you'll actually feel more, I think it does increase your confidence, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it makes people treat you differently too. So it, I think there's a twofold to it, to be honest with you, you yeah. know, and I, and I think, and you can do, it doesn't always have to be, you know, sometimes I'm a punch in the face and sometimes I'm, I'm sweet about the way I do it. You know, right. there's certain people that can't handle it and, and you have to say it a little bit differently. But you should always say, I'll be honest with you, I, I really don't think that's the best way to do that. Or I'll be honest with you, that's not something that feels comfortable for me. And I, and I, if I don't say something now, I'm going to feel really, it's not going to put me in a good place when I go home tonight. You know, like, I think especially yeah. in business, I think women really need to learn how to kind of hit things a little bit more head on. And I think you just have to find a way to speak your truth in different experiences that works well, that, that works well for you. Because yes. I'll be honest with you, if I don't speak my mind and I go home, like, it'll be like, oh man, I really, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell them that. And I'll tell you, like, I'm not going to say it's always going to be nice. You might right. lose a job or two. That's okay. I would rather lose a job and still be happy with myself than, than sit there and like, I, I just swallow it. I just, it just doesn't work well for me. It's yeah. see, it'll sit in my stomach. And it kind of like you said earlier, like, I, I feel like it's almost like a jack in the box, <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. like once you come out and once you start saying stuff and standing up for yourself or saying what you think then it's harder to kind of put it back in the box. Like, because you've mm-hmm. already like shown who Seven you are, it feels good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally agree. Totally agree. <laughs> Kristen, how do you get inspired and stay motivated? I try to focus on, 
you know, I mean, God, it's so hard. There's so much going on in the world right now. And it's been a really big challenge because I am definitely an empathetic person. I have a lot of things that um, I feel like right now we're in such a divisive time. There's just so much stuff coming at you on a day-to-day basis. So I really had to be conscious of that right now to keep myself on point because it's easy to get pulled into that, that, um, that wave. Mm-hmm. If you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So one, one thing I try to do is I try to um, use my, my social media feed as a positive. I try to find the people that are like-minded and only consume the people that I feel like are on the same wavelength and trying to push forward. Um, I try to um, read what I have to read, um, process it, and then and then kind of keep the positivity. Say, okay, well, what can I do? I can't change all of these things, so I have to choose what I can put my time and energy into, and how can I make it different? Well, the way I can make it different is to bring lightness, heart, humor, um, try to make people lighten up and laugh, try to bring a little positivity. So for me right now, what I've been trying to do is try to put more of what I think the world needs out into the world, and that's how I'm trying to combat what I'm feeling of the negativity around me. Yeah. So, so, and I will just say, I love your Instagram page. It's Kristen being Kristen is her handle. If anybody hasn't checked it out, you should, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny and it's light. And I think that it's definitely, like you said, something people need right now. Yeah. I mean, I just try, I'm trying to like inspire people to kind of lighten up and laugh. Um, I understand that you can agree to disagree. Um, I always just try to be myself. And, um, I just want to try to inspire other people to say, Hey, it's okay to like say things that you think or feel, um, not everybody's going to give you a thumbs up and that's okay. Right. You're not here for everybody to like you, you know, you're, <laughs> you're just trying to, I'm always just trying to share what I think about something and, yeah. and maybe if it makes you think differently. And, and that's what I used to try to do with my comedy. I felt like everybody was so stressed out a couple of years ago. I was like, God, everyone's head's going to explode. <laughs> I got to get up here and try to try to make them like lighten up a little bit so I always say like even if they don't laugh if I made one person be like damn that's a good point I'm gonna go home and think about that for a minute then that's that's makes me happy that's good enough for me yeah yeah no I love that that perspective or frame of mind because it's easy to get caught in your head but it's like you know what you're just out there having a good time or Mm -hmm. helping somebody else out you know relieve a little stress in their day and Mm -hmm. that's a good way to look at it even if it's only one person you did your job Exactly. You know, I mean, every, everybody gets something different. And it's kind of funny because, you know, speaking your mind is, is something that is so hard for people to do right now, because it seems like it's not the most popular thing. But I don't know, the people on my Instagram feed seem to enjoy it, or they <laughs> seem to be appreciative of it. I'll be honest with you, because I think it's refreshing. So I feel yeah. like there's just so much of the same thing being said. So I think people are really like, okay, it'd be nice to just hear a different opinion or, or, or somebody that's actually going to say the truth, or what they really like or don't like. Right. And kind of so. like you, you said, it, you're not going to be for everybody. Nobody's going to be for mm-hmm. everybody. Um, so you might as well just be your dang self. And then if mm-hmm. the people who like it will come to you, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's what people have to realize. I think I, I said that to my friend the other night. I'm like, I think so many people and they don't know it, but we do. We want to be liked. Obviously there's something like nobody wants to be unliked, right. you know? So <laughs> we can't, we can't help it. Like there's just an inner thing that we want to be accepted. And, um, and I feel like, I feel like, you know, that's the thing. There's so many people trying to fit into like a specific box and, oh God, I just hate, I've always hated boxes. I've always hated categories. (laughs) I just always have. I find them, I find them confining, you know? And I'm always like, oh, forget the box or forget the mid path. Like, you know, for instance, like my son, um, when it came time for high school, I just didn't think it was the best fit for him with his learning style. 
And at the end of eighth grade, I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do our own thing. And I can't tell you how many people were freaked out. I mean, first I had to talk my family up the ledge and, 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 and plead my case to my family. And then as a bartender, it's like when people say, oh, 17, what is that? 11th grade? I'm like, oh, actually we do our own thing. We homeschool. Like, oh my God, really? What about socialization? And I was like, geez, man. Like, how about saying, wow, that's really cool. What made you make that choice? You know? So it's so funny how like society just goes for one sentence on, mm-hmm. on specific cases sometimes. I'm like, you know, you might have to think twice before you open your mouth. You might have to think like, hey, what made you make that choice, Kristen? And I say, oh, you know, he's dyslexic. And I really didn't think it was the right way he learns, you know? And um, so I think that's why people really have to start to really tap into that inner gut. Like we were talking about in the beginning of the, of the podcast, because, you know, if you tap into that and follow the path that you think is right, you're going to get a lot further, a lot faster than doing what you think everybody else thinks is right. You know, because you'll make, you'll, you'll get stuck in certain situations that you, you probably didn't want to do in the first place and you, and you'll waste precious time. And so yes. that's one of the things I, I think is a good lesson to teach people because that's one of the things, um, I really feel like my son's as successful as he is, and I think he's going to do great things. All right, we'll do it a different way. But I, was, I had a big show on that on my Instagram the other night because I think everybody thinks you have to do everything one way. I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, no, you can go to college without um, a high school diploma. I don't know if you know that. You can get a GED and still go to high- college. Um, not everybody has to go to college. I don't know if you know that too. So I kind of <laughs> just wanted to bring some information forward to people to let them know like, there's lots of options in the world. I know we were always told one, but yeah. there's multiple. So I always like lefts and rights, you know? Right. There's always going to be right down the middle. Yes, but challenge the normal O to Bers. That's the thing is you don't have to do what everybody else does. And if it doesn't fit for you or doesn't fit for your family, then adjust and do something that works for you. Exactly. You can okay. do it. It's okay. Yes. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's pivot and go to badass advice. And this is going to be more of rapid fire. Okay. What was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a badass? Oh God, that's funny. Let's see. What's my, my, Oh, okay. I'll tell you one thing. This is another interesting story. Um, I realized at a young age that alcohol and I didn't get along well. Uh-huh. And so I kind of had a situation at a cake party with a couple dudes. And, um, I was like, you know what? The next day I decided, you know, I think alcohol and I probably don't get along too. Well. I'm going to take a break from alcohol and to be that self-aware at 20 to decide that I wasn't going to drink anymore, mm-hmm. I think really was a big interesting factor of my life because there was a clarity that I had in my life because I was never, um, I wasn't ever like drunk or anything after that, you know? So every decision I made was made with a clear head and everything that I did, I had to deal with the consequences of it. So like if I had a bad day, I had to shake it off. I wasn't going to go, uh, get a couple glasses of wine on Friday night or go get hammered on Saturday night to like, like make my week better. So I think I had a really deal in reality. And I think that's kind of, that, I, I kind of think that makes you a badass a little bit. If you can take the hits of life straight yes. with no chaser. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal, man. It's like, what really got you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I wake up in the morning and say, this is the best I'm going to feel. So I better make the best of it, you know? So, yeah. so I think that's part of my badassery. And the irony, like with you being a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, what do you mean you don't drink? I'm like, I know. We don't get along. It's okay. We learned a long time ago. Sounds like it needs to go in your comedy routine somewhere, but Uh (laughs) it's in there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a morning or evening routine you can share with us? I think that's one of the things. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) Do you have a morning or evening routine you can share with us? You know, it's so funny. Not really. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of funny about that too. That's another thing is 
I say no. I mean, I can My days are always different, especially when I'm working. I have days that I do work and days that I don't work. Um, I would say more now. I have more of a routine than I ever did before. I think Corona caused that mm-hmm. um, because now I have. I'm really kind of focused on some other things that I'm working on. I have some different goals, so I think I've been a little bit more diligent um, because now with doing an Instagram show, I, I'm always looking for new people that I'm chatting with. So I spend a little bit of time in the morning on. Um, my Instagram and, and kind of like social media, like looking over some things and kind of making some content and stuff like that. And I kind of have my coffee. So it's kind of like my morning routine that I kind of like process some ideas and thoughts. And now like I'm trying to get more routine. I, it never was routine, but I'm trying uh-huh. to get more routine. So I'm more, I'm more productive. If that makes any sense. I have a lot of writing that I'm trying to do. So I am uh, trying to get a better morning routine as we go, go on. That's the goal of mine right now. Now that I'm so back has- in society. <laughs> has it helped you be more productive or are you still just trying it out? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it has a friend of mine talked about um, time blocking and uh-huh. I think that's something that I definitely am going to, um, uh, that's what I'm trying to start doing. I got, I got a whiteboard. That's another suggestion somebody makes. I have a lot of ideas and they come to me rapidly. So I'm going to try to just get everything on the whiteboard. And then as I'm sitting down to write, they'll all be in front of me. So I think uh, that's the new thing that I'm just getting started on. I just got adjusted back to like, only been back to work for like two or three weeks. So now I'm like, okay, now I have to really, I got to get my act together because it's so easy to be like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And I don't right. want to get into that phase, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think that that's something people forget about too, is keeping notes like of ideas as they come to them. Um, yep. So I always do that on my phone too. Like I'll email it to myself. So I remember. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, I got to check out this. I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I write it down on my phone when I'm at work and then I can go back and look at it later. Nice. <laughs> So do you, can you share a habit or a practice that has contributed to your success? I would say habit, smile. I smile a lot. Um, I'm known for being very smiley. I think it's a, I can think it's easy to do. It's free and it doesn't take, take much to, to show a smile to other people, especially when I'm at work. I don't think anybody wants to look at a miserable bar and coming over to them. Um, <laughs> I'm also, this kind of sucks because Corona took this away from me, but I'm a big high five at hugs. And uh, a lot of my customers are, are probably missing the <laughs> hugs because like, I think a hug is something that so many people don't get or mm-hmm. they, we forget how important they are, but they can really like help a person so much. Um, and I just think like just high five and hugging somebody just makes people feel like, oh, oh that was so nice. I, I feel good. You know, yeah. like it just kind of is a, it's an easy way to kind of uh, improve your mood and somebody else's mood. Um, and then I would say probably um, just trying to be trying to think from a positive po- point of view as much as I possibly can. It's not always easy, but I try to flip it. So I always try to like shake it off. Like if something's getting me angry or whatever, I'll be like, okay, take a break from that because it's, it's, it's just going to weigh you down and mm-hmm. I'll shake it off and I'll move forward. And I'll focus on something that's more important. And I think that's what you got to do. Another thing I would say too, is um, I like to get to the root of things. So I don't let things, um, simmer like if there's an issue i deal with it i address it and i put it away so i think um that comes to like negativity if something's negative i cut it if i don't like a job i move on if someone's not positive in my life they're not in my life i just i just cut negativity i I just can't have it i try to cut as much as possible because it just it weighs on me so important yes it's like an energy vampire just gonna suck all your energy out of you (laughs) And it's addictive. Like it's, it, it, it spreads so quickly. You yes. know, if there's like that negative Nelly on the job, like if you allow yourself to keep looking at negative stuff, it will like, it, it seeps in. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I think people don't know that. Yeah. And if you're trying to, if you're trying to better yourself or improve, 
you know, you don't want negative people around you who are constantly going to tear you down. No. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. <laughs> Kristen, how often do you read and can you recommend a book and share why? Ooh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I want to write a book and I'm not very good at reading. So let's see. Um, God, I don't read enough because obviously, as you can see, I'm a squirrel and I have a very hyper brain. So I have a hard time sitting down and reading. I will say that two different books have been suggested to me and I, I want that I, one book is someone told me Atomic Habits. Uh -huh. So I actually drove by a bookstore today and I meant to run in and look hard because I, I definitely want to read that because somebody said it will really help me with all the different things I'm trying to do. Um, I will say the last book I read uh, was by Russ the Rapper and I actually forget the name of it. It's really small, but I, I love his, I love his attitude. Uh -huh. And I think he has a similar, I think he kind of has a similar energy to me. And it's basically kind of about how he, how he lives his life. And it was a very simple read. And um, I liked it. So I, I, I forget the name of it. I, I just actually mailed it out to somebody from my Instagram. I said, hey, I'm going to send it to you because I thought he had a similar energy and I thought that he would like it. So that is the actual, the last book I read. And then I do have, um, um, I have a bunch of books that I'm using, um, that I'm using to kind of write, write my, um, my my novel so like i have stuff like oh russ is the russ's book it's all in your head is the name okay. of his book I, yeah. I liked it it was interesting all in your head you said yeah it's all in your head okay cool we'll add that to the show notes um kristen let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life they want i would say like you say you're badass so i would say believe in yourself because if you put your mind to anything there's nothing you can't accomplish you just have to keep believing yourself that it's that you can do it. So if there's something you want, don't let your age, the fact that you're a woman, where you came from, it doesn't matter where you came from, it's where you're going. And I think that people have to remind themselves of that. You know, there's there's so many reasons to say you can't do it, but there's just as many reasons to say you can do it. So flip any of the no's into a yes or why I can't and why you can. And then I would say that's the best thing to do and just go after it and just don't fucking stop until you get what you want. <laughs> So good. I love that. How can I connect with you? Um, you can connect with me on uh, my Instagram, which is Kristen being Kristen, uh, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-B-E-I-N-G-K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Um, that is where I do most of my stuff. Um, that's probably most active I'm there. I also have a YouTube channel of the same name that's um, in the process of being reformatted because I have a lot more content that I have to get on there. That's one of the reasons I have to get more prioritized in the morning because I have so many interviews that I want to kind of chop up. And um, I think I am going to be having a podcast coming out within the next couple of weeks. I love that. Thank you so much, Kristen, for being on the show. You've been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Well, thank you so much for having me. And with that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Yo, did you like this interview with Kristen? It was cool, right? We do interviews like this two to three times a month on Wednesday nights in the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group. And if you miss the interview, it's recorded right there in the group. And you can catch up later. Wow. I don't know what just happened to my voice there. I think I've already been through puberty. And you can catch the episode later in the group. Join the Ordinary to Badass Facebook group today and hear more of these badass conversations. Or actually see more of these badass conversations. Till next time.
Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.